You got to give credit where credit is due. Nikkel made that. She did an awesome job. She did job. a pretty stinking awesome great job. job awesome job awesome. pulling that together. It's really, really yeah. wonderful. No, boy, I tell you what, it just, it brings back the spirit of all of that. I, I cannot wait. Can't wait to, I can't oh, wait man. to see. You know, I saw the video. I'm like, all oh, those bushes. We planted those bushes. They've now had two winters. I get a chance to go see how they've done, how they've fared, how they've grown, all the different things that are, that are going on there. Can't wait. Can't wait to get ourselves back to Green Lake. So yeah. students get signed up. Uh, we, are, we are ready to go. It's going to be great. Uh, talk to Ben Mott up there uh, this past week. And again, you know, he's talking about this theme for us is a theme of just getting some things finished. There are projects that people have started along the way to, to bring a bunch of things home, get them, get them wrapped up into completion. Very, very excited about that. So Yeah, well, and instead <clears throat> of jet skis this year, we're going to do lake skating because I'm sure there's still going to be ice chunks on, <laughs> no kidding. on no. the lake. Up there, you know, so. I feel like that every year up there. And <laughs> it, the, the ice is gone. It's just not warm. Yeah, <laughs> it's, just, yeah. it's still 50. So yeah. had the funnest thing happen yesterday. I wish you had been at our house. It was like Wild Kingdom. Okay, I'm, I was just the craziest thing. So uh, this winter, you, you've got them too. You know, we got those burning bushes and the rabbits love gnawing those in the winter. They're just, I don't know what it is, whether it's too sharpening or it's the only thing they can find to eat. So they've been gnawing them away. And I noticed yesterday, ah, oh, shoot, a rabbit's been over there. And, you know, I'm having one of these Elmer Fudd moments where I'm imagining all these ways to take out the Waskawee rabbits. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, so I'm looking at the tracks and I, and I go over to the kitchen sink and look out. And I'm not kidding. Just like this. All of a sudden, I see something go, an owl. I'm like, what in the world? There's an <laughs> owl sitting on the patio. And he saw me. And, and you could see, I've seen this look. I've seen this look in your eyes. He went, busted. And he, and he starts to fly away. And I'm not kidding. As he starts to fly away, a rabbit runs away from under him. It was crazy. So, so you the blew rabbit it. is fine. <laughs> it's okay. I love rabbits, especially in a stew. No, that, They're that, wonderful. That, so that poor uh, hungry owl. I know. I know. He's really bummed. I, I disrupted his lunch. But anyway, um, so yeah, it was, that was a lot of fun. It's just been it's been an adventure. I think it's the first week in weeks that I wasn't out shoveling before church, and and it's thirty out there. My heat wave. Well, Don't you isn't, jinx isn't it? it, isn't it that, oh no, no jinxing permitted. I promise you. So. Hey, we're, we're, we continue to be grateful for your, for your faithfulness in giving. And again, there are just all these different ways, whether it's online, by text, black box at the door, mail. Sadly, our mailbox this past week got taken out by the snowplow guy. You didn't know that yet, but he backed up. Oh, he felt so bad. He calls me like, I can't believe. And of course, he's calling the guy who helped install it. If you've ever had to plant anything or do anything around here that involves digging, about, about a foot in, you run into endless pit run. Yep. And so you're literally just digging the hole a rock at a time. We were so glad to have that done. Guess Especially what? Especially because it's it undone. 110 <clears throat> degrees the day we yeah, decided right. to do it. So anyway, it's out there in a bucket. We can still get mail. Green Lake practice. All right, students, let's go. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's go dig a hole in the ice. But you got, you got the uh, update yesterday and, and all the different things going on there. One of the things that we've added for you, not just the scripture reading and listening, but we've also added the song list of, of songs that we're doing so that uh, you can do a little choir practice ahead of time. Or, or if you're watching at home, you may prefer going and, and clicking on that in order to see the, yeah. see the worship. And, you know, by the way, I want to say something too for, for people at home. Um, if you want to participate in communion, we have the, the sealed communion cups for you. You just you need to let us know, 815 
290-9595. I always feel like I'm selling sham wow or something <laughs> when I do that. But anyway, uh, we would love to get those to you so that you can participate in communion. So, but wait, there's more. But wait, but wait. So anyway, well, actually there is more because the green lake was there, link, link was there. And the link took you to the whole library of Green Lake videos. Yeah, yeah. So you can check out all the past videos from previous years, and they are a riot. Going back and seeing, like, our kids who are now up here as little, you yeah. know, seeing Ryan Kuchar's growth. Oh, even, my word. Even from, uh, from the first time she went, Kira. I mean, the, the, the difference, yeah. in, it, it's yeah. absolutely yeah. hilarious. Check them out. Um, but the, the other um, thing in our, in our links this week, or in our weekend update, uh, was the Suffering is Never for Nothing. Our, right. our opportunity for women to get together in March. That registration deadline's coming up. You want to get signed up for that because you need to read a book. So you need to get the book, read it, and then be ready to come back um, there in March to, uh, to discuss it and, and spend time together. That's going to be a great time. So yeah, March 1st is the deadline for the registration for that. Um, also with Quest, day camp coming up, uh, one of the things we're looking for is that, that acting crew. So if that's something that you'd like to lean into, make sure you go ahead and sign up for that. We're looking for some people who want to take on the roles of teaching our kids through acting, which is one of the funner jobs at camp, no yeah. doubt. And, and <clears throat> if you are nervous about this, if you're like, nah, I could never do that, Everybody says that. Literally everybody, maybe not John Beaker. John Beaker's always like, yep, I can do this. Uh, but everybody else is, is nervous or doesn't think they can. And let me tell you, the last camp we had when Jay, uh, when Jay was up here acting, man, he knocked it out of the park. Right. And I don't think, uh, I don't think he saw that in himself. So a uh, very cool opportunity to, to get involved in that way. So try it out if you're, if you're willing to. Try it's it out. It's funny because the adults get, or the, the, the actors get known as their characters. Yeah, right. I was just looking over to see if Don was sitting it's in the here. Figure. There are kids that still yeah. won't sit near Satan. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of, it's kind of fun. But uh, yeah, back in the day, we, we did veggie camp. So I was Bob the Tomato. All, of, all that took was a bad attitude and a red t-shirt. And uh, years later, I'm, I'm with you guys, students up in Wisconsin, and, and one of the local pastors walks up to me and says, you used to be Bob the Tomato at the camp I was at. So yeah, it's kind of fun. Anyway, Walk, Walking good, through Dominic's was a very confusing thing <laughs> as a kid because all these people are coming up and Bob! My, my head turned more to for Bob than, than Dennis at that <laughs> point in my life. But one of the things we've tried to update for you too is, um, you know, that church app, <clears throat> there are more, op- more things on there now to click For example, we have the direct link to the scripture and songs. You can get that there. The weekend update is there. Uh, We have the ability to watch the service as well as listen to the service right there from the app. So all those things, make sure you get that. You can give through that. You can get signed up for groups and events. Uh, The ladies' ladies, uh, book book day, you can sign up on the app for that. So, So go ahead and use those. That'll be really helpful. We're moving into, we're into this series where we're talking through the Psalms of Ascent. And the Psalms of Ascent describe to us what, what normal looks like as a Christ follower. As we talk about getting back to normal, what is normal? And what is normal for the follower of Jesus? So I, I think it's probably uh, in part because of, um, because of the Super Bowl and because of the weather that I'm reminded of my days in Buffalo, reminded of those four Super Bowl losses that the Bills took uh, in, the, in the early 90s there. And, and the, their coach at that time, Marv Levy, great guy, brilliant man. 
and he was, he was, a, he was actually a, an English teacher, English professor before being a coach. So he had a lot of beautiful quotes. And he'd show, quote Shakespeare to the guys and everything else. But one of his quotes before almost every game was this simple line. And he had kind of a gravelly voice, you know, little guy, gravelly, gentlemen, 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 where would you rather be than right here, right now? Where would you rather be than right here, right now? And of course, these guys are going, let's see, I'm playing a game. I'm an adult. I'm making millions of dollars. <laughs> Nowhere else. This is fantastic. This is a great place to be right here, right now. I think of that quote because it ties so beautifully to the beginning of Psalm 122, where, where David says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. You can see David walking with the throng and going, hey, Brad, where would you rather be than right here, right now? This is the best. We get to go be in the house of God. We get to be with God's people. He's just, he's full of energy and he's so excited. He's glad that he gets to be in the house of God with God's people. And that is normal for a Christ follower, to be glad to be house in the house of God. So one of the things I've been doing this past week, as we look at those, ver- that, those first two verses in a couple of different versions, where it talks about gladness or rejoicing, just that, that, that sense of, oh, this is the best. I've been asking groups, so what is it in your life that leads to a sense of gladness? To be in the house of God. You wake up on Sunday morning and you go, I get to do this again. This is the best. Ah, wonderful. And what causes those less than glad days or less than glad seasons where you wake up and go, hmm, I'd rather fish, I'd rather golf, I'd rather stay in bed. So I asked you to go ahead and give your answer to that. And I didn't know what your answers were going to be, but when you think of gladness, going to the house of God with gladness, what comes to your mind? <clears throat> I have to go all the way back, 1995 through 2000, when we first came to this church, and I remember, I remember the people of that time, and I remember some very specific people. Some, you know, of my, my youth group leaders, John and Susan Beaker, Bob Coyne, Abe Ramos, you know, people that had very, very high impacts on my life. But it, it went beyond those people. It went to people like Mark Begwin, to people like Aaron Shellhorn, who sought me out on Sunday mornings, to come and talk to me about the things that I was doing. They wanted to know, how was my baseball game yesterday? They wanted to know, how am I doing in school? They wanted to know, like, what I was up to. So for me, part of what made me eager, because I couldn't sit next to my parents, right? <laughs> It'd be weird if I was just up there on the stage. <laughs> so I, 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 I struggled finding someone to be comfortable with, because there weren't a lot of kids. There weren't a lot of kids when right. we first came. Right. So having adults come and get on my level and treat me like I mattered. I didn't realize it in the moment, but that's what made me glad to be, to be going to church. And so like 95 to 2000, that's 6 to 12 years old. Yeah. For, As a 6 to 12 year old, adults were treating you like you were a worthy conversation. Yeah, yeah. And, and not just like, uh, get out of here, kid. You know, mm-hmm. you're a waste of space. You're a waste of time. No, no, they, they showed a vested interest and a real, they'd follow up with me. Hey, you told me you had a game on Thursday. How'd that go? Or, you know, just things like that where I, I was seeing the love of God. And again, six to 12-year-old Brian was not processing that, but 31-year-old Brian can. Mm-hmm. And, he, and that's part of what, um, what drove me to, to be glad because gladness is a choice, right? right. So being right. glad to go to church I always wanted to go um, talk to these, to these guys who showed that interest in me. Now, on the flip side, 
at 31, I am glad every Sunday to show up here, not just Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, whenever we have anything else going on with students, because I get to be the investor. So I was invested in, and now I get to be the investor and find out what are you guys into, and even if I think it's weird. Like, um, <laughs> being able, to, being able to, to level with junior hires and high schoolers and show them that God cares about them. And again, mm-hmm. maybe they're not processing that right now, mm-hmm. uh, but at some point they will. They'll at some point time. they will. And, you know, the, the people that I get to work with in that, serving that ministry, um, is huge. And that's why I, I get fired up, and I'm glad to be here every week. What leads to your less than glad? You must have a less than glad day or two. Yeah, every single time that one of my students puts a pickle in my food, <laughs> it makes me less than glad to be here. Okay, I hate pickles. Uh, no, for real though, um, I think it is, it is tied to relational conflict. Hmm. And it's not like I'm walking around you know, on eggshells you know, because I've got all these different fights going on and mm-hmm. behind the scenes, you know. But there are times where difficult conversations need to be had, whether it is with a student, whether it is with someone I'm on a team with, or whether it is with a parent. I have to have these difficult conversations, and sometimes I'm like, mm, yeah, not today. I don't want to. So, so I'll go and hide, and not like literally go and, you know, like get behind the welcome desk and, and crouch down and hide, but I'll, I'll find something more virtuous to do. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, oh, sorry, uh, they need me down in the gym to lower the basketball hoops. So, uh, sorry, that conversation is going to have to wait. You know, so I, I think it is the, the relational side um, that, that from time to time makes me, I guess you could say, unglad. I don't know that I truly have had a, a season where I'm not happy to be here, that I don't look forward to being here. I'm glad uh, you but, said it that way, yeah. though, more virtuous, because this is, this is the subtle thing we do, that we, we try to paint our problem as something yeah. better. So we, we do, when, when there's conflict, we hide and avoid, and we, we act as if we got something important to do over here, when in reality, all we're doing is avoiding fixing whatever is broken. Yeah. So as you raise that, it's, it's ironic that in the groups I've talked to, the majority of them said the thing that makes them glad to be in the house of God is the people of God. And they said the thing that makes them less than glad to be in the house of God is the people of God. <laughs> it, it, the answer was the same. Yeah. The answer was the same. And it really has to do with where we are in our relationship. So we're going to be talking about that this morning. Thanks so much, Brian. So I ask you the question today, Southfield, where would you rather be them right here, right now? Where would you, this, I mean, when it comes to Sunday morning, there should be that sense of, I can't think of anywhere else I'd rather be. There's no, in fact, we're going to sing those words a little later. There's no place I'd rather be, absolutely no place I'd rather be than here in your love and here with the people of God. What is normal for a believer? What is normal for a Christ follower? It is normal to be in the house of God. From time to time, I hear somebody say, you know, I feel so much closer to God when I'm out on the golf course. Feel so much closer to God when I'm out when I'm out fishing. I, I never understand that because God uses lightning on golf courses and, and God uses holes in boats while fishing, but nonetheless, they feel closer to God out there. And I'm like, that's neat and that sounds wonderful. But God actually said that his people should gather together with other people who love him. That's normal for the devoted Christ follower. What why does why does he want us to do that? I think there, there are two reasons that grow out of this, and one is just this 
this sense of rhythm. God has created all of us with a sense of rhythm. Now, I know some of you are going, oh, no, you, you've never heard me sing. You've never heard me try to do an instrument. In fact, I laugh. When Jason's playing a song and I'm tempted to clap, I always know I need to do the opposite of my inclination, and I'll be right. I'm always on the offbeat, always get it wrong. But God created us with rhythm. Simple part of creation, right? Six days on, one day off. Six days on, one day off. Six days work, one day rest. Six days work, one day rest. And you know, when we, when we break that rhythm, we break. We get broken. We get messed up. Things start happening like, like sicknesses in our, in our body and sicknesses in our mind and all kinds of things happen to us when we don't maintain the rhythm of connection with God and his people by getting to his house. So a piece of it is rhythm and part of the rhythm is this whole idea of a reset. That once a week we need to be with a group of people that go, that, that we start having conversations with and we go, I guess I'm not crazy after all. Because right now, there's a whole lot of crazy going on, isn't there? I mean, you see, you see some of the laws that, that they're talking about passing and whatever, and you're just like, there is a whole lot of crazy going on right now. And I need to know that there's some people in this world that think God's thoughts. And so I come to this place, and, and I start, I listen to what's taught, and I'm, and I'm listening to the music. I mean, one of the reset songs for us right now, you are good, you are good. Oh, oh. To just sing that over and over again. In a season where nothing feels very good, to know that God is good, to have that affirmed, to hear that affirmed, we need that. And so between the rhythm of it and the reset, the, re the reset that comes by saying, for six days I've been out in the middle of the muck and now I get a chance to come and have my mind put in a right place. One of the, one of the best things I love hearing is people walk out the door it goes like this, not great sermon, Pastor. It's, I really needed that today. And I really needed that today is usually a person saying, I was drifting. I was off course. I was going in a different direction. Or I was among people who were drifting and off course. And I was messed up. And, and today I had a reset. I found the North Star again. I found the true north. I'm going in the right direction. There's no more drift. There's no more driving in the wrong way. And so we, we need to be in the house of God because we're created rhythmically to get together once every seven days for a reset. Because we got to go back out and do it all over again. The word for today really is the word reorientation. That once a week we need to get reoriented. But I, I don't know, when I grew up, they had a couple of fun playground toys that I'm sure by now are, are illegal. But the one was this, this big metal round thing with handles on it that, that would spin. And, you know, you'd, you'd do one of two things. You'd either get on and hold for dear life or you were the one running around and making it spin. And this thing would go and go and go and go and you'd be like, you know, all this stuff. I don't do spin well at all. I, I, spin, I think, God, the bands of my brain are very loose, and so, you know, my head, it gets mushy real fast. I'd get off that thing, I'd be, you know, wobble, 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 all this kind of stuff. You're disoriented. That's the way we feel when we walk in the door. We've been on the spinny thing. All, we, does anyone know what the spinny thing's called? Yeah, good answer. I can't hear you. But anyway, the, the spinny thing is making me go round and round, and now I just need merry-go-round. I, I, I need to finally find that focus again and be able to not be dizzy 
in this world. So it's normal we need the reorientation. It's normal to be in the house of God if you're a Christ follower. But here's the other thing. It's also normal to want to be in the house of God. It's normal to want it. It's normal to, to wake up on Sunday morning and say, I get to do this. I get to do oh, Maybe you don't do it exactly that way. I know. You need two coffees, and then you go, I get to do this. I get to do this. And there's that excitement of engaging with the people of God. There's that excitement of, of singing a song together and know when we're singing that, God is listening to us. There's excitement behind that. So if it's normal to want to be in the house of God, where I want to put our focus today is, so what do we do when we're not normal? What do we do when we don't want to be in the house of God? What do we do when there is, when there is less than a sense of gladness? Those things that rob us of the gladness of being together, what do we do about that? So I'm going to look at four things that rob us of our gladness, and, I, and I'd call the first burdens. Let me, let me break some news to you if you're young. Life is hard and it stinks. All right? Uh, some of you, you became a Christian, you went, oh good, golden ticket, nothing's ever going to go wrong again. I'm sorry, you, you just ended up in devil's crosshairs, man. Life just got harder. Life is hard and bad things happen. And, and sometimes people are like, I, I don't understand why I'm depressed. I don't start, understand why I'm upset. And then they start going through the things that are going wrong in their life and I'm like, I'm surprised you're not more upset. I'm surprised you're not more depressed. Life is hard, and it's got heavy burdens to bear. If you've been married to somebody for decades, and they die, and now you're showing up at church without them, it's going to be hard. It's going to be sad. If, if you're going through physical difficulties, it, that's a burden you carry with it. You, you, you deal with constant headaches, and you wonder why you can't ramp up gladness when you come into the house of God. It's a burden that you're bearing. For some of us, we, we bear burdens of, of, of children. And, you know, our children, their problems become our problems, and we can't see anything. We're just, we're blurry-eyed, and we're going through a season of burden and heaviness. And for a lot of us, when the burdens hit, we say, I'm going to go in my room, and I'm going to stay there until it all goes away. And it doesn't. The burden stays there. And what we're doing is we cut ourselves off. We're actually removing ourselves from the thing that could help us through the burden. Not take away the burden, but help us through the burden. We need help through our burdens. When we come here, we're in the conscience, conscious presence of God. 1 Peter 2.5 says, Cast all your anxiety Him because he cares for you. That all, other versions say, cast all your worries on him. Cast all your cares on him. Cast all your burdens on him. You get the chance to come into God's house and say, I've been talking about this all week. Here I am again. I need you to carry this for me. You have that king in the Old Testament that wrote out, he wrote out the, the problems he was going through, took that declaration and, and laid it at the altar and said, God, here's my complaint. Here's my burden. I need you to take it. We need to know that God is there and he's willing to carry the burdens with us. But here's the thing as well. There's this whole body of people that get to carry it with you and for you too. Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. When you go into hiding, you remove from me the opportunity to obey God and carry your burden with you. We, need to, we, we get to carry each other's burdens. And, you know, I, I've been with some people even recently who have gone through seasons of tremendous burden. They, and on the other side, they're saying, you know one of the great benefits? I had people 
that carried the burden with me throughout the, throughout the course of this. I knew I was not alone. I, we're not going to give you a little, hey, don't worry, it's not, it's not a big problem. It is a problem. It's a huge problem. But we're here to carry it with you. And when you withdraw because you're not feeling glad because of your burdens, you're actually withdrawing from the solution, the thing that can help you in that heavy season. It's been years and years ago now. There was a family uh, who went through some of the most dreadful things a family can do, can go through. And I was the one helping them through this just dreadful, wicked process. And it happened on a Tuesday, and on Wednesday I went to a church service. And I, and I walk in, and you know, everybody, everybody just smiles and happy, shaking hands and doing all the things we did pre-mask and all. You know, they're just they're loving on each other, all this stuff. And, and I'm just walking through. I got to my seat. I sat down. And I'm feeling the burden of the world that these people are carrying. And then this worship leader gets up. They didn't do skinny jeans back then. It was more like uh, khakis. So he got up in his khakis, this boomer, but kind of a hippie boomer. And he gets up, and he's like, let's stand up. Let's sing to God. I'm trading my sorrows, I'm trading my pain, and yes, 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 Lord. And, and, they're, and they're doing all this, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not kidding, I'm standing there on the row, and I just wanted to scream, would you all stop? Would you, there is nothing in the world to be happy about right now. Get the stupid smile off your face. Stop! I wanted to do it so bad. I didn't, I was nice, Okay? It was the exact opposite of what I was going through in that moment in life. And you know what? I needed to hear those words that night. Not because by the end of the night I was walking out smiling, but because it revealed to me where my heart was. That the burden was so difficult. It was so heavy. That in that moment there was no gladness and I couldn't fake the gladness. God gives us these seasons. He lets us walk through these seasons where there is a lack of gladness because he's got a family that he says, they'll help you carry it. And he's willing to carry it too if we'll give it to him. Sometimes the burdens cause us to not want to be, to be less than glad. Sometimes it's not burdens, it's boredom. And I'm not talking about boring sermons. I heard that happened here once, last <laughs> pastor. But, you know, <clears throat> boredom. I'm talking about boredom with life. Uh, some of you get to that stage in life that it is literally, it is going through the motions. You're just going through the motions of it. Marriage doesn't feel particularly exciting. You're going through the motions of marriage. You're going through the motions of work. You wish it was more challenging, but there are only so many things you can do that are exciting with a widget. You know, you're just, you're bored. You're bored with your job. You're even, if you're into sports, you're watching your team and you're like, meh. You just, nothing, nothing feels exciting. And then you walk into church and you're like, same song, second verse, literally. I'm so tired of life. I'm so bored. And what I want to say to the person who's bored in life right now is be careful. Be careful. Boredom is the point that we do stupid. Boredom is the point that we nuke our lives. I think David was bored when he didn't go to war and instead he stayed home and walked out onto the rooftop that night and saw the naked lady down there taking a bath. And he decided to resolve his boredom through adultery. Sometimes we decide to resolve our boredom with work by walking in and saying, I quit. Oh, that feels good for about four seconds. And then you go, uh-oh, we got to eat. 
So then you come up with this other great idea. You've got a scheme of a business that you're going to start, and it's going to be awesome. And so you go in and quit, and then you realize this, this business is far less than half-baked, and we're going to be real hungry. But you, but you had to do something. You had to do something to snap out of the boredom. We, we decide to snap out of the boredom of church by, you know, etch-a-sketch life. <clears throat> by Southfield Mission. Let's check that out. This place is great for four weeks. And then we just keep jumping and jumping, trying to resolve the boredom in our life. Got to be careful with boredom. Be very, very careful. God, God allows us to go through seasons of boredom to realize that he is the only true source of satisfaction. That the only, your marriage is not a source of satisfaction. Your church is not a source of satisfaction. Your job is not a source of satisfaction. He is the only true source of satisfaction. And in those moments, he's removing all that other stuff to say, are you going to finally drink deeply of me? And learn where satisfaction is truly found. The third one I'm going to name in the extreme, and that's the word bitterness. So the reality is, you get two people in a room, there will be conflict. Shoot, you get me alone in a room and there will be conflict. <laughs> I fight with me all the time. I, it is inevitable when humans are together that there's going to be conflict whether it's conflicting opinions, we should do it this way, we should do it that way, whether there's just the conflict of personality, one person is all, you know, sweet and smile and honey, and the other person is sandpaper and rough and gruff, and, you know, you got that thing going, you're going to end up with these, with these personality and conflicts and issues that are going to come up, and before you know it, you find yourself saying, I just, I am not enjoying going to church. I'm not enjoying it because the relational conflicts are getting to me. They're just getting to me. And we do subtle things like Brian mentioned earlier. Subtle things like we just figure out where that person is more often than not and we sit on the other side of the room. Or we make sure that we walk down the hallway at just the right time. Or, or if we see them all of a sudden, whoop, there's something over here that I've got to look at instead. And we have all these ways of trying to avoid the conflict, hoping the conflict will go away. You know what? Bitterness doesn't just go away. Bitterness is like cancer. It's cancer of the soul. Cancer doesn't just go away. Bitterness doesn't just go away. Bitterness in the Bible is described as a root. Roots grow deep. I've got this weird habit at my house. I, you all rearrange your furniture. I like to rearrange my bushes. So once every few years I go, huh, I don't like where that is. And everything gets dug up and put in a new place. That happened last fall. Some of them had been in that place for almost three years. Those roots had gone deep. They had gone deep, and they were hard to pull out. That's what happens with bitterness. The root goes deep, and before you know it, it's not just that we're not glad about church. We're not glad about anything because we've let that root of bitterness take hold. The Bible is clear on bitterness. We love to teach this verse to our kids. We don't like it as much ourselves. Get rid of all bitterness. That's your deal. you got to get rid of it. you got to do some work on it. He says instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted. Kind and tenderhearted is the exact opposite of bitter. Forgive each other, just as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. And what's beautiful about the body of Christ is he's given us a whole room full of opportunities to grow. He's given us a whole room full of opportunities to express forgiveness, to come to a place of letting go of the grudge of being willing to let go of the grudge and actually start to receive joy once again. But for too many of us, 
We let the bitter take root, and we think the only way I can ever fix this is to go somewhere else. And the problem with that is we take the bitter self with us wherever we go, and we just play the game all over again. God is trying to teach us how to be forgiving people, how to be loving people. The Bible talks about looking over, just being able to look over the slight of another person instead of taking it deep. The final area that we tend to lose joy is brokenness. And by brokenness, I mean those seasons of sin where we are broken. Those seasons of sin where we've, just, we've gone deep into a sin and it's got hold of us, and we're, we're in a broken place with God. Should we honestly expect that we're, if we're living in intentional sin that we'd walk into church and go, <laughs> so excited to be here today. Uh, David, in Psalm 51, this is the psalm where he talks about needing God's forgiveness. What does he say? Cleanse me with hyssop, I will be clean. Wash me, I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. He says, my gladness is gone because I've been holding sin instead of holding you. And I actually think there is something beautiful. When we, when we live the rhythm of being in the house of God, when we're willing to live that rhythm, when we're willing to come to this reset moment, once a week, especially through communion, once a week we are confronted with where am I with God? can't lie about it, right? can't just fake it. If nobody else knows, you know. You know there's a lack of gladness in that moment because this sin needs to be released. Forgiveness needs to be experienced. And again, you're the only one that can turn to God and say, God, I have sinned and I need your forgiveness. It is normal to be in the house of God. It is normal to want to be in the house of God, to be glad to be house of, in the house of God. Where, Southfield, would you rather be than right here, right now? Why would you rather be somewhere else? And that's where I want you to settle in for communion this morning, to ask yourself the question, if I walked in today and there is a lack of gladness, why is that lack of gladness there? What's going on? Why is that lack of gladness there? And then do something about it. Now, here's the thing. Again, burdens, he can't just say, well, I'm just not going to have burdens anymore. You might have that burden for a year or years. But don't do it alone. We can actively do something about bitterness and brokenness. We can forgive we can ask for God's forgiveness. Boredom? We might sit for a while in the boredom until we realize that the only thing that's ever going to bring satisfaction is God himself. Father God in heaven, I pray that as we move to communion right now, that you will expose to us the areas in which a lack of gladness might be in our hearts. Restore to us, we pray, the joy of our salvation. Not just because we want it, but because we're doing the hard work of being restored, reset, reoriented, coming back home to you, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. During communion, you'll get the chance to uh, watch and listen to a, a, a 
video from Psalm 42 that talks about that season in which, in which David was experiencing a, a, just an emptiness and longing, a longing to want to be in the house of God once again and with God's people. And we'll be headed to communion. You've got two tables in the front, three tables in the back. We've got gluten-free on either side stage as well as at the back. Um, so you can take your time anytime during the video to go get communion and bring it back to your seat. And if you even want to uh, stagger it a little bit more, if you don't want to go during that time, we're going to be singing a little bit after this. In fact, let me tell you, we're going to be singing four songs today. It's been a long, long time because we thought of all days, if you're talking about gladness in the house of God, let's spend some time expressing the gladness of singing together. So thank you for being glad. We are glad. We are awesome. This is wonderful. Yes. <laughs> Don't contain it. Don't keep it in. Be glad. So let's go to communion. Every time we're singing that song, all those bubbles to me, they're the prayers. Prayers of God's people just going, going up to him. And so here we are, we're singing and the, and the background is literally speaking the message of what's going on. What a great privilege to be able to be with all of you today. Lift up our voices and know those voices are being heard by the living God of heaven. He hears our prayers, and he wants to answer. He wants to, he's there for us. Every time this place is open, man, we, we get the privilege of gathering together. It's a normal thing to do it. It's a normal thing to want to do it. Very often I end up in service by saying, I'm glad you were here today. I hope you can say, I'm glad I was here today. You know, for me, the answer to the question of what makes me glad and less than glad is it's, it is a little different because of my role. Um, what makes me glad is that at least once a week we get a chance to come and hear what God has to say and the opportunity to change is put before us. We have an opportunity to look more like Jesus walking out the door. And I love that. I just, I can't imagine anything better in the world than be able to say, this is what God wants for you. If you'll just reach out and take it, he wants this for you. And the thing that makes me far less than glad is when a person goes, yeah, whatever, and throws it to the side and walks out and is completely unchanged by the word of God, by the people of God, and by God himself. I hope Today is the day that whatever it is that's keeping you back from gladness, you'll say, at least with three of them, I can do something about this. And it's time to do it. Because living in a land of less than glad just isn't worth it. We get a chance to worship the risen king all the time. So let's do it with joy. Thanks for being here. You enjoy your week.